Hi, welcome to Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that as you listen today, you are blessed and encouraged. Thank you so much for listening in. If you want any more information about our ministry, we'd love you to jump onto our website, harvestaustralia.org. Have a great day. Turn to Jude chapter 1. You can't turn to Jude chapter 2. There is no Jude chapter 2. So turn to the book of Jude. It's not a book often quoted and I've actually been reading it the last couple of weeks, came up on the reading plan. I've been reading, actually been reading it every day for a couple of weeks just to sort of get get in the, the, the mood of Jude. And it's interesting that this book has a lot of profound things to say. And so hopefully there, I think we've uh, we haven't got it up on the screen because I wasn't organised enough, but that's okay. Hopefully you got your Bible or your iPad or your phone. And I'm going to read from verse 17, Jude chapter 1, verse 17. And he says, But dear friends, remember what the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ foretold. They said to you, In the last times there will be scoffers who will follow their own ungodly desires. I want to just pause there for a minute. This is a prophetic word for our current world environment, isn't it? There are scoffers all over the place. You only have to turn on your TV or listen or read mainstream media. They scoff at Christians. They're scoffing out of their ungodly desires. They scoff at us. And so we shouldn't be surprised by what we see and hear because Scripture clearly tells us it's going to happen. In the last times, there will be scoffers who will follow their own ungodly desires. We can see that in today's world, that if someone says, I think think I'm this kind of person, when clearly, scientifically, you're not this kind of person, there's ungodly desires, there's hurt, there's bitterness, there's confusion. In today's society, we are promoting the ungodliness, not the godliness. And so things are deception, isn't there? It's turned around. Anyway, let's keep reading from 19. These are the people who will divide you. And this is what we see in current times, don't we? Division. I was watching, actually I was reading an article on, there's a Christian worship lady now who's become very popular in the secular worship scene. And of course, she's got on some of the late night TV shows, becoming quite famous and, and uh, promoted. And anyway, of course, one of the first questions the mainstream media want to ask her is, is homosexuality a sin? It's the first thing they ask. It is the cheapest, dirtiest, scumbag question that the media can ask a Christian. They don't want to know anything about you. They don't want to know anything about your life or whatever else you believe in your life, but they want to fire a rotten shot at you only so they can tear you down. Don't be fooled. Some of them are mongrels, and I mean that in the nicest possible way. But we we need to realise that they are scoffing at us. They're not listening to us. They're not actually celebrating. What they want to do is send a sword into the truth that we actually believe and uphold so they can try and make us look like we're fools. Well, we're not fools. We're kings and priests and royalty. And so sometimes we need to know how to shut our mouths. We don't even need to give them an answer. We don't need to feed them their fodder. It's pearls before swine. 
And it's the, what the Bible says. And so, I, unfortunately, she got tangled up in it. She didn't have a prepared speech. And she, you know, she's new at the scene, obviously. And, you know, it kind of got mixed and matched. And it looked like a compromised answer. So I'm sure she'll be a whole lot smarter next time. But it just made me think, we've got to be as wise as serpents and gentle as doves. But I'm telling you, serpents, they're, they're crafty creatures. I blew one apart last week. It was one of my greatest successes as a farmer. I talked to the neighbor, the farming guy behind us afterwards. He said, what, what was going on over there? There were six shotguns. He, he knows his sounds. I'm like, hey, it was a big, nasty brown snake. He's like, six shots? Really? I'm like, man, this thing was serious. It's, you know, I'm just thinking of how nasty. Anyway, so that thing doesn't exist anymore. You couldn't even find the remains. But you know what? That thing has been hiding away for who knows how long. Who knows where that thing's been? And it's been all around the place. It doesn't exist anymore. I don't think snakes are going to go to heaven, do you? Oh, well, gee, theologically, I'm not sure. But there's a righteousness that rises up in you when you've got a shotgun and you see a snake. It's like I'm doing kingdom business now. Anyway, wise as serpents and gentle as doves. We're going to know sometimes, just shut our mouths. You don't need to give anyone fodder. If, if they have not got a right spirit in, or a right motive in why they're even asking the question, don't give them the food. Don't give them anything. Just bless them, love them, and move on. Or persevere in your life and bear so much kingdom fruit that the fruit speaks for itself. And it, it's, uh, yeah, it, it annoys me with sometimes with the low blows, the low blows. Anyway, let's keep reading. Oh, I'll read 19 again. These are the people who will divide you, who follow mere natural instincts and do not have the Spirit. I've been dwelling on this for two weeks now. I've looked at different versions. It means the same thing in other versions. People who follow their mere instincts... Human instinct has been corrupted since the fall of man. So we cannot trust human instincts. We need spirit-led instincts. That's why we're born again. When we become born again, we have a, a new nature in Christ. We don't have the old nature. But people who do not have the spirit aren't born again. So they don't have the new nature to draw upon. Only we, born again, Christians, believers in Christ, we have a new nature to draw upon. But we can choose to draw upon the old nature or the new nature. And what this is saying here is those who don't have the Spirit, they're drawing upon human instincts. Therefore, we cannot look to them to tell us what is the right thing about gender, homosexuality, sexuality. We can't look to them for this sort of stuff. We've got to look to the Word of God and the Spirit of God. Because we have a spirit who speaks to us, not human instincts. And do you know what? It's the same in Christianity. It's the same in the prophetic ministry. We can't prophesy out of human instincts. We need spirit instincts. And there's a difference. There's a difference. And sometimes it's a very, very, very fine line. But it's one of those things that as we mature, we actually listen to the spirit and it's got an edge on it. He's got an edge on him, hasn't he? You'll know when you're around someone, you're speaking to someone or they're speaking to you and there's something about what they say. And I listen for that stuff now. And uh, I, at various meetings, um, I'll listen for that. And 
just listen for that wise counsel or that one line. Normally, it's only very short little bits of spirit instinctive speech, uh, but it's very powerful. Verse 20, but you, dear friends, by building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. By building yourselves up. Interestingly enough, talking about perseverance, it can often be one of those things that we either tear ourselves down or other people tear us down or the enemy tries to tear us down. There's kind of three fronts we have to face sometimes, isn't there? And in that journey, working out those weak walls is a really important part of succeeding. What's my weak walls? Is it my own thoughts? Is it my own rejection of myself? Is it my own negativity of myself? Or is it, or is it the toxic people I'm hanging around? Or is it the enemy? And working out where the attack's coming from is half the battle. So sometimes getting really wise counsel or wise with yourself or the Word of God into you so you know, okay, I know where that arrow's coming from. It's my own past. It's my rejection. It's my own hurt. And, and so you work that through and get healing from that. And therefore, the wall becomes strong. Now, he'll probably try and come at you in different directions. So you build up in other directions. But persevering means getting really wise, really wise with the tactics of the enemy. And... Praying in the Holy Spirit. This is sometimes we forget about this. And as Karen said, it's nice sometimes in the car if you're alone, put on worship music or, or whatever you listen to. I'm listening to Skillet right now, worshiping to Skillet. Amazing. If you haven't listened to it, I encourage you to. But anyway, it's got some breakthrough stuff on it, but maybe a little heavy for most, most people. But praying in the Holy Spirit. This is one of the keys that is an eternal key, if you like, to breaking through and persevering, praying in the Spirit, whether it's in English, whether it's in Farsi, whether it's in German, whether it's in Spanish or any other language anyone else speaks, or in a spirit language, praying in the Spirit, being led by the Spirit, letting, letting Him overtake us in prayer. And so this is one of the keys of building yourself up. If you fear if you feel torn down in the Spirit, pray in the Spirit. If you feel torn down in any area, weak, and, you, and that perseverance is getting hard, then pray through that thing. Pray in the Spirit. There's, it's amazing how many other techniques we will try, me included, other than praying in the Spirit. YouTube, breakthrough courses, conferences, seminars, books, CDs, audio listening, you name it. We will do so many different things and we put praying in the Spirit at a, at a really low level or it might be the last thing we do. Oh, it's got so desperate now. We've got to pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit is one of the best, the highest priorities if we're wanting to persevere and succeed in our Christian faith. Praying in the Spirit, praying in the Spirit. It might just be for three minutes. It might be for 30 minutes. It might be randomly or organized. However you flow with him, pray in the Spirit. Even this week, pray in the Spirit. I want to encourage you. Pray in the Spirit. Pray in tongues. Pray in the Spirit language as he leads because you don't know what you're saying, but he does. And what better prayer can we pray than the one he prays? There's no better prayer. So if we don't know how to pray, we pray in the Spirit. Pray in tongues. Speak out. Go in your car. 
put on worship music so you can't even hear yourself or whatever you need to do, get out there into that place and pray in the Spirit because He will speak through you. He will pray and intercede over your life for breakthrough that you don't even know you need. And He will intercede over us. He'll wash our spirit. He will freshen our soul. By praying in the Spirit, we actually have a relationship with Him that is supernatural. It's not natural because if anyone else hears you, then it's just crazy town. But you know that your relationship with Him is priority, your time with Him and His voice speaking over you, praying in the Spirit. 21, keep yourselves, actually I'll go to 22. Be merciful to those who doubt. Save others by snatching them from the fire. And I want to stop there. Save others by snatching them from the fire. It's called evangelism. It's one of those things that we've been re- restirred this year with some of the things that we've been involved with. And it's, and it's great. It's great to see God saving people and people getting to know Jesus or getting freshly awakened in this and sharing our faith. And we'll continue to plow that ground and go down that track because actually it's the Word of God. Verse 23 is basically should just be evangelize. Save them by snatching them from the fire. Sometimes we need to remind ourselves that those who do not know Jesus are going to hell. People who are not connected in a relationship with Jesus Christ will not spend eternity in heaven. Believers, Christians, those who follow and love Jesus Christ and have a relationship with Him will spend eternity in heaven. But those who don't, won't. It's a message that's been trying to be dampened down in modern times. In fact, if you read the whole book of Jude, Jude uh, the whole chapter, you'll actually you'll see that. Apostates, he calls them. Apostates coming in, trying to confuse and, and compromise the gospel. But we can never compromise the gospel because people can only truly know Jesus if they know the truth. Not, not that if they, if they float along on a good life, then... All journeys lead to heaven and lead to God. That's not true. That's not the gospel. Jesus Christ is the only way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through Him. That's the gospel, isn't it? Save others by snatching them from the fire to show others mercy. Mixed with fear, hating even the clothing stained by corrupt flesh. Interesting. Mixed with fear. This is wise as serpents, gentle as doves. It's walking that paradox, if you like, of loving everyone, but not condoning everything they do. And that's what wisdom brings. Wisdom brings character so that we know all of the kingdom principles. We know how to operate. However, we actually know what to say and what not to say. I was with some business people this week and... um, doing some consulting now in, in business and it's been really interesting going into some different businesses and speaking different CEOs and finding out some of the kingdom principles that we know every day of the week. Um, it's so easy to bring it into a business realm and you can see things that you can't see when you're just operating in a business realm. And it hit me this week, uh, there was something the owners were saying and, and I just... It just went like that. It's just like an everyday kingdom principle for us. Um, but it just it broke something open and it, and it brought a whole lot of revelation and truth into the situation. I believe this is what God is calling us to be. That's what salt and light is. Wisdom, wise, wise, wise. 
And then it finishes with this. To him who is able to keep you from stumbling and present you before his glorious presence without fault. Isn't that interesting? We are going to be presented to the Father perfect. If you believe in perfectionism, it is good theology right then. (laughs) Because of everything Jesus did, when we're presented before the Father, when we're in Christ, we're without fault. Now, the problem is we fall back into fault very, very quickly. So I believe this is one of those funny things that you could kind of take to the extreme and become a perfectionist and, and it gets all weird and weird and wonderful. But what this is saying is that when we are presented in the glorious presence of God, we will be without fault. There will be judgment, but when we're in Christ, when we're washed in His blood, we're without fault. Interestingly enough, it then goes on, and with great joy... To the only God, our Saviour, be glory, majesty, power, authority through Jesus Christ, our Lord, before all ages, now and forevermore. It's kind of like signs sealed and delivered, isn't it? No one can argue with that. No new theology, no new books. I was fascinated when I was a teenager, the book Kiss Dating Goodbye by Joshua Mills or Harris, Harris was really popular. Obviously, no, none of you really liked it. <laughs> Did anyone know that book? Kiss Dating Goodbye. Okay, a few of you. It, was, it sold millions, millions, and he got very, very famous. Do you know what he's done now? He said, you know what? I was wrong. That's what he's come out and said now. Be careful of fads. Be careful of books. Be careful of new ideas. If it is not the gospel, it's not the gospel. Christians for so many years have run after so many. And I remember, you know, it was, it was a good idea. It was a good idea. It, the, the, the idea was right, but it shouldn't have become a mega seller, multimillionaire and, you know, conferences held all around the world saying this is the way to do it. Because the, the gospel, the Bible doesn't say anything about that. So why be so exclusive on something like that? And the reason I bring that out is not to can the guy, but just to say, be wise as serpents and gentle as doves so that we don't go off on tracks and we don't make majors out of minors, but we actually keep the main thing the main thing. We hear this all the time, don't we? You hear it in every area of life, whether it's sport, business, you know, entertainment, the main thing, the main thing, Christianity. We need to keep the main thing the main thing. So there's... Four things I just want to summarize about that passage. And the first one is opposition. That's where this passage starts out in verse 18. They said to you, in last times there will be scoffers who will follow their own ungodly desires. These are the people who would divide you. Opposition. Opposition will come to every single believer because you have an enemy. You have an enemy. And he doesn't like us. He doesn't like the God we serve. He doesn't like the blood that splattered all over you. He doesn't like what you look like. He doesn't like you praying in the Spirit. He doesn't like you sharing the gospel with other people. He doesn't like you doing kingdom business. 
And that's why we need a fortress around us day and night, don't we? And that's why we pray in the Spirit. We're actually taking ground. That's why when we actually do these things, we're pushing back the powers of darkness around us because we're standing in our rightful authority. You are not the lesser. You are not the lesser. The enemy doesn't have a right to take ground from you. The enemy doesn't have a right to put fear in your life. The enemy doesn't have a right to, re- to remain uh, reminding you of rejection and past bad experiences. That's what he wants to keep you in, human instincts. But the gospel is a new message. And the blood of Jesus washes us clean so we come out of that stuff and we become born again. New people with new spirits, new atmospheres, new thinking, new reading. So when we are in environments, and and this is what I'm seeing more and more, it kind of surprised me this week, how easy when you're living in the kingdom in in an ongoing year after year after year, you're actually digging a very deep well for yourself. A very deep well. And you have a lot more wisdom than you give yourself credit for. Do you know that? Just poke yourself. Just go like that. That's you. You have a lot more wisdom than you give yourself credit for. Why? Because you've been reading the Word of God for years. Most of you have got equivalent of doctorates of degrees of theology. You've read the Bible so many times. It's true. If you'd, if you'd spent that amount of time on psychology, you'd be a psychologist. So you are a theologist. You're a kingdom person with an inheritance built inside of you with solutions to many, many problems to people around you. Don't underestimate the sword that you have in your hand. Don't underestimate the call that God has on your life. Don't wait for other people to do it. You've got Him. You've got, you're anointed, you're called. And you can read Scripture and you can even share Scripture with people and you can be guaranteed if you share Scripture with people, you're sharing wisdom with people. They don't even have to know it's Scripture. Use the passion or use, you know, message or something like that. Just give it to them in current day language. And, and that way, you know, it's not going to be weird and wonderful. It's just going to be something they needed in that season. The world needs your gifting. There's people around you that are desperate. They might not even know it, but they're desperate for what you've got. Desperate for who you've got, for that gifting inside of you and that inheritance that you've been able to build up. So let the opposition go. It's not as big as we think it is. The enemy's not as big as we think it is. I find it interesting when praying for deliverance for people, Casting out demons. You know, we don't do it all the time, but sometimes it's necessary. And I'll find it interesting that sometimes when praying for people to cast out demons, there is a physical manifestation, maybe a choking, maybe, you know, I know this might sound weird to some people, but it happens, a choking or a little bit of a growling or something like that. And I'll always just sort of on the inside laugh at myself, I suppose, and I think, yeah, this is what the enemy does. He loves to bring a little bit of fear because if you ever prayed for someone, it's, it's a little bit scary when, you know, a, a bit of demonstration happens in the demonic. But when that happens, it's, it's froth and bubble. It's froth and bubble because the enemy knows if he can just snap a little bit of fear into us, then sometimes we back off. But that's when we actually take the ground That's when we cast out the demon. That's when we build a bigger fortress. Opposition is a good thing. Resistance training is a very powerful thing. We're learning it at the moment. 
George will take us there two times a day, seven days a week at the moment. It's, uh, it's, we're full on. We're, we're gym junkies. We've seen a whole bunch of Christians at, at the gym, actually. It's amazing how many are getting in there pumping iron. It's awesome. And, uh, but resistance training, sweating, pursuing something, persisting beyond the, the barriers, taking new ground. It's what he is calling us to do. Let's stand. (laughs) I want to ask the worship team to come up. And while we're worshipping, I I felt, I mean, over this season, Karen and I will be praying and just asking the Lord for words over over us as a house. But one thing I felt was that 2019 is, is not a year to back off. For, for us generally, and you can take this specifically, but it's not a year to back off. But as that verse says, we need to build ourselves up. Now, it says in praying in the Spirit, but it also means building ourselves up as kingdom people who take ground. We don't back off because there's opposition. Do you know what? There'll always be opposition. And if certain scriptures are right, it's probably going to get worse. So don't be surprised when it gets worse. But that's no reason to back off. That's the reason we need the Holy Spirit and the presence and the fire of God so that we have a mantle that can cut through with authority like no one else. That we can sit in boardrooms, we can sit in meetings, we can sit with educators and we can actually say things that other people cannot say. And we'll never quench down the need for people to be filled with the Holy Spirit so that they have an empowerment from on high. The Bible talks about it. Pentecost proves it. Spirit-filled believers who have an unction and an anointing of the presence of God will be more powerful than those who don't. Why? Not because we're any greater or any better, but we have the presence and the demonstration. Paul said, give me a demonstration over words any day. Any day. Now, I like good words. He wasn't saying don't have good words, but he was saying have both. Have both.